The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. But uh, <clears throat> this meeting takes place every weekday at this time, whatever time it is for you in your time zone. It's 6 o'clock uh, on the west coast of the United States, of course. And it's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity every day of the week, which is really such a great thing, to engage with the practices of the heart, the Brahma Viharas, and their relatives. You know, I think of them as a, all the kind of associated practices of the heart that go along with, uh, with kindness, compassion, uh, joy, and uh, equanimity, the, the four classic Brahma Viharas. And the, and the group is usually taught by Diana Clark or Nikki uh, Mirgafori. They trade off. And I'm sitting in for Nikki tonight. And my name, as you can see on the screen, my name is uh, Shelley Gauld, and I live in Santa Barbara and help lead and teach uh, in a sangha down here in this neck of the woods in California. And, uh, and I also teach at IMC and IRC occasionally, and, uh, and I'm very kind of deeply embedded in the, in the sangha there, uh, doing a lot of volunteer work. So that kind of... Uh, out of the way. <laughs> I don't want to say that's not really just the introduction of myself that's out of the way, but the rest of it is something I really want. It's such a valuable program. So uh, this time of year, here we are, it's the last half of December of uh, this year. Um, and this time of year, right from the last week in November, the, you know, with Thanksgiving in the United States through New Year's Day, it's a uh, it's it's kind of it's seen really traditionally as a, a time for uh, gratitude and generosity and love and connection with others. You know, it's it's the holiday season we call it, and it can feel um, sometimes like there's an expectation, like there's an obligation even for all of us to feel the same way across uh, across this season, but. We know that's not really the case. You know, it's uh, it can be really joyful. It can be kind of mixed, and it can be a difficult time for uh, for some of us, for many people. We might feel lonely. We might feel left out, kind of excluded, not valued, and maybe imagine that um, that others are are having. Uh, a really good time, especially if we're spending spending our time alone, and if we've lost uh, family members or friends recently, it can we, it can be a time when we feel those losses uh, more more uh, strongly, more kind of in a more pointed way. And if we can't be with our loved ones because of the pandemic or because of other you know limitations, that that can be painful too. Or even if we are with uh, with family and friends, sometimes that can be uh, that can feel lonely, and sometimes there are tensions, sometimes painful memories that uh, that arise when we are in in uh, family gatherings, disagreements and hurts that are kind of ignored or shunted aside. Um, most of the year will sometimes rise to the surface. Sometimes in a in a very difficult way, uh, when an annual holiday dinner or a, a visit home uh, 
kind of triggers memories and and feelings associated with that place, whatever place it is, and those particular people. And then sometimes kind of old patterns of reactivity in our relationships uh, will rear their heads and will get caught in resentment or hurt or blame. You know, some they say sometimes our parents. I like to think of it as our whole uh, our whole family of origin. They know how to how to push our buttons because they're the ones who installed them. They say so. It's kind of natural sometimes to find a reactivity when we connect with uh, with our families. And then for those of us who don't connect with the conventional kind of attitudes around Thanksgiving or don't connect with uh, Judaism or Christianity or with the less uh, religious aspects of the season, the secular holiday music that seems to be um, ubiquitous everywhere you go, if you're not in your own home, and the shopping and the decorations, all the trappings, there can be kind of, there can be some contraction, some judgment, um, a sort of impatience. Can we just get through this? Why can't it just be January? There can be feelings of obligation around buying presents for people, writing holiday greetings, participating in rituals. There's all kinds of ways in which holidays can be stressful. And, of course, there are also uh, a lot of people, a lot of us who really love these holidays, who find great joy and great meaning in uh, in the religious aspects, um, or simply in the existence of a season that's you know that's kind of dedicated to uh, to gratitude, generosity, goodwill, and and you know and then look forward to the gatherings, finding just the right gift for somebody who they love cooking or baking you know if that's if that's our thing liking the sound of the bells ringing the decorations the lights the whole uh, the smell of the evergreens and the, and candles and uh, you know the whole gestalt kind of the whole uh, atmosphere of the of the season and then there are some of us who don't connect with these you know widely celebrated holidays that that uh um, I mentioned, um, but who might participate in some different ones, you know, like celebrating the solstice, which is next uh, next Tuesday. You know, there's the the sense of uh, the light. The light comes back the next day. There's more light, and uh, and that's a lovely thing to to celebrate. And or Kwanzaa, you know, the African American. It's a harvest celebration that's celebrated for about ten days um, around the this. this time of the year, the end of the year. And then there are uh, traditions around the new year. There are European traditions, there are Asian traditions, ways of marking that. And some people make up, you know, their own kind of traditions and have their own special ways to mark uh, mark the uh, this transition that, that people uh, do do pay attention to. I have friends who gather every, uh, every late December and... Um, uh, make intentions for the the coming year, and uh, other friends who I don't know if they still do this. Friends who used to do this choose angel cards. You know these little small little cards that have uh, beneficial qualities of mind written on on one side of them, and then they'll all get dumped into a hat, and each person will pick out one, and uh, they just trust that whatever quality shows up is. Uh, 
is the right one to cultivate for the next year. So there are, you know, there are a million ways to create a ritual, to create ceremony, um, to honor something that seems meaningful this time of year. And uh, I think we've probably all heard others New Year's resolutions, and maybe we've made some of our own, and maybe we even uh, kept some of them. <laughs> so, considering all this, all this stuff, I had the thought that what whether you do feel connected to the traditional holidays at the end of the year or not, you know, whether it's a time of joy and togetherness or loneliness and maybe some pain, however it is that we hold this season. Um, that it just might be meaningful as we come to the end of another calendar year to kind of clear the decks, so to speak, to start with a, a clean slate, to make an effort to free the heart of things that might be pulling us back into the past, to kind of free up space inside us to, to meet what comes next uh, in our lives in a fresh way. So my idea is to do a brief uh, forgiveness practice and then a little bit of metta and then to spend some time in our meditation just connecting with an aspiration. Not necessarily our deepest aspiration for our life, but something that might arise in, uh, in us once we've let go of the parts of us that create a little painful tug on our heart. Uh, the parts that try to keep us tied to the past in, in painful ways. So, you know, are we ready to start fresh? Start fresh. I think of Jack Cornfield and uh, speaking about forgiveness. Um, he has this statement that I've always thought was really great, that forgiving is giving up all hope of a better past. You know, it's like giving up all hope of a better past. So in traditionally in forgiveness practice, I'm sure there's been a lot of um, forgiveness practice done in in the happy hour in the past. Um, we usually ask ask for forgiveness in one kind of direction, and then we offer uh, forgiveness in two in two other uh, ways. So we ask for forgiveness for ourselves for any harm that we've done to others, and then we offer forgiveness to others for any harm that they've done us, and then we also offer forgiveness to ourselves for any harm that we've done ourselves. So um, so that's what I want to start with, and, and so with that introduction, um, I'd like to invite you to take uh, your comfortable um, Brahma Vihara, your metta meditation posture, comfortable, at ease, but also awake, ready to be attentive to what what comes. And just become present to your current experience, what's happening right now, relaxing any areas of tension, coming to a place of balance, place of ease and also alertness. And maybe spend a little time with, uh, with your breathing. 
just to, as a way of kind of settling, relaxing a little bit more, resting. And uh, if, uh, if forgiveness practice is something you, you don't feel ready to do, you know, right now, um, it's fine to continue with attending to your breath or, or to just do metta practice, to switch to metta. And if at any time during the practice that I lead, if you feel you need to step away from it, that you, that you want to, you just want to back off from it, then I invite you to do metta or mindfulness practice, to do metta in the way that's easiest for you, where the, where the care is easiest to flow. And you you might want to put your hand on your heart for this meditation, just you know to uh, to offer that kind of tangible sign of care for self that that can that can give us. So we can begin with um, one of two ways of asking forgiveness from others. If there is a particular situation you remember when you caused harm, something that uh, comes to mind and and maybe gives you pain from time to time, you can focus on that situation if you'd like. And so it's quite specific. And ask uh, people in that situation or the person for forgiveness. But if if there isn't anything like that um, that comes up, you just think back over your life And uh, recall places in your life where you acted in a way that caused harm to others. Maybe just, you know, being sharp-tongued with a loved one, making fun of someone when you were a child, telling a lie, taking something that belonged to somebody else. I think, you know, we all have uh, done things that we regret later in our lives, everybody has. So just allow any of these little things to come, become present to you and connect with what it feels like to acknowledge that they happened. So you can, so take a, mo- a moment to, to call to mind either, uh, either area that you'd like to ask for forgiveness, even either a specific a specific instance that causes you pain to think about, or just a more general uh, look at the ways that you've that you've potentially harmed people during your life. And once you've chosen, um, you can begin repeating these phrases. I'll just repeat them a few times. You won't do this for a long time. For any harm I have done you, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I ask your forgiveness. I'll repeat that because it's a long phrase. For any harm I have done you, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I ask your forgiveness. 
for any harm I have done you, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action. I ask your forgiveness. And now uh, maybe just take a few kind of deep breaths, long breaths, and reground in the here and now, and uh, and gently let go of that that contemplation. And then we can uh, move to the harm that others have done us. And we also know that, that every one of us has suffered pain um, from the actions of others during our lives. Minor pains and, and maybe major pains as well. It's unavoidable. There might have been criticism that cut deeply, deliberate insults or injuries, Maybe something subtle, just a twinge. Or maybe something more profound. Some betrayal or cruelty or abuse. That is still difficult uh, to bear the memory of. Everyone has suffered injury from others. We all share that. And sometimes if the harm has been great, it's... It's not possible for us to offer forgiveness, and, and that's, that's fine. It's not an obligation. Perhaps in future we'll be able to do that. Or, you know, it's possible we'll never really feel able to forgive. But to have it as a possibility, to not exclude it, I think that, that really helps to soften our hearts. And it's, it's important to remember that forgiving someone is not absolving them of responsibility for the harm they caused. It is simply being willing, as, as Jack said, to give up all hope of a better past. When we intend in the direction of forgiveness, it, it makes space in our hearts for more love, more peace and more joy too it helps clear the deck so that we can start fresh so remembering harms that have been done to you you can repeat for any harm you have done me intentionally or unintentionally through thought, word, or action, I offer you forgiveness.
can add as best as I am able, if you like. For any harm you have done me, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I offer you forgiveness as best as I am able. And if you don't feel able to forgive now, you might try this. For any harm you have done me, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, my intention is to one day forgive you. For any harm you have done me, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I offer you forgiveness as best as I am able. So again, you can take a few breaths, just reconnect with the, the felt sense of just being here, sitting, breathing, you know, in this good company. And uh, again, just you can gently let go of that, that contemplation. And now we'll uh, move on to the harms that we have done ourselves. And just like the other kinds of harm, we have all at one time or another, um, maybe often even, acted in ways that harmed ourselves. We've probably judged or criticized ourselves believed we were un- unworthy, not good enough in some way, compared ourselves with others or with some ideal in a way that, that caused us pain. Or maybe we've had addictions 
or other habits that we know have harmed our bodies and our minds, our hearts. And there's the harm that comes our way when we, when we know we've acted uh, unethically. Just think back over your life, noting times when, when you have in some way caused yourself pain. For any harm I have done myself, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I offer myself forgiveness. For any harm I have done myself, Intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I offer myself forgiveness. For any harm I've done myself, intentionally or unintentionally, through thought, word, or action, I forgive myself. You can let go of the of the forgiveness contemplation now. Again, maybe a, a breath or two just to resettle with with uh, the present moment and just see what's 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 been the effect in your heart. You know, I think uh, people often find that there's a, a tenderness in the wake of doing this uh, this formal forgiveness practice and uh, and when I sort of tune into that uh, that tenderness feels to me a lot like metta very much like metta 
Metta for ourselves, maybe metta for those who've harmed us, and maybe just metta for the tenderness that that is in all human hearts. So for a couple of minutes now, um, I really invite you to offer metta in whatever direction seems most uh, most needed, most useful right now, toward yourself, towards people who've harmed you, towards all of us here in this uh, in this Zoom room doing this this tender practice together. Whatever feels most. Uh, what your heart feels most drawn to right now. And I won't say anything. I'll just uh, I'll just let you proceed for several minutes. And now um, what I'd like to ask you to do is to, uh, to turn to you know, what arises in the heart after we've offered this forgiveness and metta. You know, perhaps your heart feels somewhat uh, cleansed and open. You know. Probably it feels tender. And, uh, and I think a tender heart can be a, a doorway uh, to recognizing and connecting with what we want our lives, <clears throat> excuse me, what we want our lives to be about. So just sit for a bit, you know, in the kind of tenderness of your heart and drop in the question, what's next for me? No need to think about it, you need to 
analyze, construct a plan, or to consider practicalities. Nothing like that. Just see what comes up in spontaneously in response to what's next for me. And I'll just let you sit with that for a few minutes.
so uh, now um, is the time to uh, uh, have some breakout groups. So um, I'm I'm gonna uh, give you uh, 15 minutes. Plus, there's always an extra minute at the end, and uh, there there should be uh, four, possibly three people in each group, depending on how many people leave the leave the building in the meantime and uh and i'd like you to to give each person three minutes to uh, to share uh without being interrupted and then at the end of that period there should be another three minutes left uh, or four minutes actually with 16 with the morning minute for a kind of general conversation around whatever uh whatever comes up for you in in this uh in this exploration and um, let's see let me set a time here yeah okay and well I think I'm gonna actually I think I'm gonna change it because there are some there are fewer people so I'm gonna make five rooms Okay, here you go.